Welcome to the Far Out Podcast. I'm Frank Hannon, your host. This episode is brought to you by Bizarre Guitars, Reno, Nevada, and Out of Bounds Brewing Company in Folsom, California. Welcome, everybody, to the Far Out Podcast. This is the very first episode, The Maiden Voyage into Uncharted Territory. I'm Frank Hannon, your host, and, you know, you might be asking yourself, what is the guitar player from Tesla doing uh, a podcast for? Well, you know, there's several answers to that question. Uh, The first of which is I'm the kind of guy that likes to try new and different things that I've never done before. And the idea was presented to me by my good friend Dwayne Surface, who is also a great artist, and he's my partner who designs my websites and my social media, and he felt that I would uh, probably do pretty good at it because I talk a lot. So anyway, you know, throughout my career, I've been on the receiving end of interviews, and I've given thousands of interviews, but I've never actually been the interviewer. So this is a a whole new thing. On the last Tesla tour, I ran into some friends on the road and some interesting people who do different things, and that's what gave me the idea for the name Far Out. Far Out. A podcast that talks to people about doing things outside of their normal routines. Some of you may know that I ride cutting horses. I'm now experimenting with making a double IPA beer, which is a whole process in itself that I'll be sharing with you. Uh, My good friends at Out of Bounds Brewing Company are teaching me how to make beer, and I love beer. (laughs) So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. This is the very first episode, and I've got some interviews and some funny subjects, and it's just going to get better and better and better, so stay tuned. This is the Far Out Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Hannon, coming to you from Northern California. Okay, we're back on the Far Out Podcast. I told you earlier, this is uncharted territory. This is a a brand new adventure for me. Um, I've never done this before, so uh, I'm a little nervous, (laughs) to be honest with you. I'll have to tell you a story. About 10 years ago... I was being invited to play guitar at sporting events and do our national anthem to start the game. And, you know, I've been playing guitar my whole life, so that was no big deal. And I love playing the Star Spangled Banner and and doing that on guitar. But there was one occasion where I was invited to do that, and I told the director, hey, uh, how about I sing it? I don't know what I was thinking, but I wanted to try my hand at singing, and that's when I was really trying to get better at singing. So I, I took on the challenge of singing the national anthem at a Sacramento Kings game, and this happened to be in the playoffs. They were playing the Lakers, and it was sold out, 15,000 people. The game was still two weeks away, and I had two weeks to prepare. So I sang it every day. I drove my wife crazy with that song because I just did not want to screw the words up. I wanted to do a good job, but I was nervous about it. I'd never done it before. It came out great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if I'll do it again because my heart rate went through my chest. And, you know, the moral to the story is take on some challenges, people. Have fun. Try something new and get outside the box. Far out. This next segment of Far Out is brought to you by Bizarre Guitars, Reno, Nevada. 
Okay, coming up, we're going to have conversations with the guys in the band Jackal. Jeff Worley is their lead guitarist, and he's also a painter, an artist. He uh, does these really fun, abstract paintings, and he was kind enough to send me one. It's hanging proudly over my back door. It's of a horse wearing cowboy boots, and I love it. And uh, be sure to check out his website and his paintings. We're also going to speak to their lead singer, the wild man, Jesse James Dupree. You all know Jesse. He's the man that wheels the chainsaw on the Lumberjack song. He hosts the Full Throttle Saloon TV show, and he also has his Jesse James bourbon and the Devil's Devil's Cinnamon Spirits. He's a great guy. He's an entrepreneur, and he was gracious enough to invite me on his tour bus and uh, give me an interview. So check it out. I've been exposed to all kind of, like you say, just blue collar upbringing, you know, just and everybody in the band's like that as well. Yeah, so I, I noticed on uh, I Stand Alone, that was a, a, a statement about just doing it yourself and rocking out in that video. I love that video. That's my one song. You've probably got a song. I mean, what's your, you have to tell me what you're with. My, my, my one song, if somebody says you can only keep one song that you've written out of everything you've ever done, what's that one song? And I don't even hesitate. It's I Stand Alone. Because where I was, you know, my I just had what had, had become a father. Uh, Nigel, my son, who's now, you know, Nigel, he's grown and beautiful, beautiful guy and, and, and just a total gentleman and and uh, but he he was born he was colicky and and uh wasn't sleep we wasn't sleeping at night and and uh and i and i didn't have a pot to piss in i was you know just struggling for a nickel and and i wrote that song it just at the place that i was at and just kind of mustered and i wrote it on a this damned old fake acoustic guitar that i had and that i still got and uh but if i had to get every get rid of every song and keep just one that would be it oh yeah right on well, well you got to tell me what's yours well um Probably what you give, um, one of Tesla's songs. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of know yeah. that. Kind of know that song. Yeah, kind of know that song. It's great. Yeah. So I didn't catch. I fucking it was. I'm gonna edit this shit. Okay, together. okay. But it was blinking. I was like, wait a minute. Fuck. Did we miss that? Some of it, okay. not all of all right. it. Okay, so right about there in the interview, um, as you heard, I realized that I pulled the ultimate amateur move, and I didn't have the recorder recording. (laughs) Oh, man. But Jesse was so cool. He didn't mind. He even offered to re-record all of it. But it was, you know, impossible to catch the magic that was the first half of the interview. But again, I want to tell you, this is my first podcast, my first time actually being the interviewer. So, uh... It's a learning experience, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this interview so far. Jackal is one of my favorite bands because they are hardworking guys. They've been doing it themselves for a long time. Ever since I've known them, they've had the ultimate stage crew. They haul around uh, their own gear. They, they just kick ass, man, and I respect them because they work hard. So anyway, I'm going to get back to the interview. Some of the stuff that you missed on the, the section where I didn't have the record button hit, Jesse was telling me about Full Throttle Saloon and rebuilding that. Uh, he told me about collaborations with the Kentucky Headhunters, uh, some of the country music he's been recording, and he was gracious enough to share with me some wisdom about manufacturing beer and his Jesse James bourbon. So let's get back to the interview. Check it out. All right, so I'm sitting here with Jesse James Dupree, the kick-ass singer of the band Jackal, and uh, we go way back. We've got a long history together, going back to the Rock Never Stops tour and the Geffen days. You know, Jesse, one thing when you and I were hanging out one time, you said something very profound to me that was so true, man. You said, Frank, Frankie, you were calling me Frankie. Yeah. 
as we know it, the music business as we know it is never going to be the same. It's going to change. And that was before CDs and the internet had really taken off. Yeah, you know, yeah. CDs, now they're obsolete. You can't even get a CD player in your <laughs> car. True. You know, so you had a vision of all that. You know, I was impressed with that because you were so right. Right. Everything's changed. So now guys like you and me, we're doing stuff outside the box. You've always done it. So I've got mad respect for what you do with your businesses and different things and interests. And I was telling you about the new brew that I'm getting ready to put out, the heavy metal hippie hazy double IPA beer that's coming out. First time ever that my name is going to be put on something outside of music. Music, yeah. Yeah. So uh, give me some insight on that, man. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a story that I that I uh, lived with uh, putting out some beer. Matter of fact, I'll go back to where you were talking about realizing that the record industry was, you know, changing and you know to never. Never kind of go back to that old model that we, you know, we were so blessed to live in. We, um, you know, we, I started paying attention to the word branding. Because, yes. You know, and if you'll remember about that time, Aerosmith got chastised because they did a Gap commercial because they were deemed as being trying to sell out and be a commercial. Right. And then also you had uh, the Black Crows left the ZZ Top tour because it was sponsored by Miller Coors or something. And then and then uh, Eric Clapton got crucified because his tour was sponsored by Sears. But I was intrigued by the word branding. And it's so easy now to say, well, how, or, or so hard to imagine that you could be interested in the word branding, you know? But yeah. back then for a musician, it wasn't a cool thing. You know, to brand, right, right, right. You know, because you, you yeah. know, because you just wanted you to have artistic integrity and all, you know, all this stuff, which doesn't pay your damn light bill, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, and so, um, and, uh, and and so, I started paying attention to that, and I went to my attorney in Nashville, and uh, he he introduced me to a guy named Dave Laurie that worked for. Um, uh, J. Walter Thompson, who does all of Ford's marketing and just a, just a huge, huge uh, marketing firm. They've been around for 150 years or better. And uh, and I said, what is this word branding? And so they started explaining to me, you know, just making the impressions and, you know, and just finding the right target demos and this, that, and other. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I thought, well, I kind of do that already because Jackal, you know, we know where our home is. Our home is with blue collar, just like you guys, blue collar, working class people. Yeah. We're never going to be the critic's choice. You know, we celebrate the fundamentals of rock and roll every night. You either get it or you don't yeah and if you you know if you get it you come out and throw down with us and you don't make it home before you jump in the back seat and knock out the old dirty and uh, <laughs> and, and if you if you don't get it you sit at home and study for your underwater basket weaving class or something right but, but so we you know <laughs> so so we, did, we, we were just out doing our thing and and um, and and I started uh, uh, realizing that that I had Sturgis yeah, and so I started hosting radio stations to come up and broadcast from Sturgis and I gave it uh, the first year I gave the sponsorship to Zippo lighters and they okay. and they and I had them make me up a bunch of radio station lighters with those stations logos from the different towns. Yeah. And so I started doing that, and then I went to Bradford, Pennsylvania after the first year, and we had a real successful event. And I said, look, I didn't go to college. I reinvent the English language language every time I open my southern mouth. I got long <laughs> hair. You know, I don't know what you're used to, but this is what I do because I've done a great job for them. Yeah. So I just had them put me on a retainer, and I started working with them, consulting them. And then word got out about that, and then I had Sidney Franks' company reach out to me. Sidney brought Grey Goose and Jägermeister to America. Okay. And uh, he's a legend in the spirits world. And so his company reached out and wanted me to help them with um, – uh, uh, branding and, and, and increasing their distribution for their Crunk Energy drink, which they'd put all their eggs initially into the Little John basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that, that urban thing was just a real limited batch. So I started working with them to help expand that. And then I started realizing, well, I'm, I'm here I am 
you know, working with them, helping to build that thing, I should maybe yeah. do something with the, the, you know, the Jesse James brand. And so I went to and found a just uh, brewery in the original uh, hometown of, of Jesse James in St. Joe. Okay. And the brewery could do about 600 cases at a pop. Yeah. And I and so I worked with this guy and we came up with a recipe and I wanted it to be I, at that particular time in Kansas City there's a company called Boulevard. Uh -huh. Boulevard does a wheat beer. Okay. I don't know, are you familiar with the wheat beers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Boulevard does a wheat beer which would they I mean they really to me I think Boulevard Boulevard was probably the first company to really capitalize on on you know specializing in wheat beer. And I thought well that's really a, a great thing that they're doing but I don't know how they're you know with putting an orange in it I don't know how they're going to appeal to blue collar America right because right, right. the guys that I that grew up and worked construction with they'd think it was a bit puffy if you put a you know but, but a bit soft if you put an orange in your beer you oh know? yeah yeah so, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I ride with I ride horses a lot yeah, with yeah. a lot of different cowboys yeah Bill Riddle's a good friend of mine and uh whenever I show up with like an IPA or something he's like what are you doing with that candy beer <laughs> <laughs> that's it what you get it so you, you know. get it then so so I, I I worked with this guy to create a recipe for a wheat beer that, that was in the vein of a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Okay, we're going to pause the interview right now. Have you noticed how smart this guy is? I was just enamored with the stuff he was telling me and the way he was just flowing with his ideas between coming from a blue-collar upbringing, hard-working beginnings, and thinking about his fans and all the different ways of earning a living. We'll be right back on the Far Out Podcast. This episode of the Far Out Podcast is brought to you by Bizarre Guitars in Reno, Nevada, and the Out of Bounds Brewing Company, making the best IPAs in Northern California. Welcome back. I'm Frank Hannon, your host. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about that music that you've been hearing. That is the backing track that I created. Uh, it's the music to my new single, Southside. I started writing this song on the road last year with Tesla in the hotel rooms. I carry around a digital recorder, and uh, on my off time, I try to stay creative. A lot of the uh, interviews that you'll be hearing on this podcast were recorded with a handheld digital recorder made by Tascam. So the audio is going to be a little rough in spots. So you might hear some pops and noises and traffic in the background, but that's what makes it real, people. Anyway, uh, I'd like to get back to talking about the song Southside. It's going to be my latest single, but I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on a CD or if it's only going to be digital. I'm still working out those details. I'm trying to stay totally independent as much as possible. I did share the song with uh, the VIPs that are coming to my show November 16th at the Boardwalk in Orangevale, California. I'd like to send out a shout to Mark Earl and Sandy at the Boardwalk. They've supported rock and roll here in the local music scene for many years. Southside uh, was sent out to all the VIPs that purchased the Soundcheck VIP experience. So right now, only 20 people have heard the full version and you are hearing tidbits of it on the podcast here.
Okay, uh, we're going to get back to our interview with Jesse James Dupree here in a minute. But uh, I do want to tell you that uh, The Secret is out on this podcast. Um, I will be releasing a heavy metal hippie double IPA. Thanks to my friends at Out of Bounds Brewing Company in Roseville and Folsom, California. Anthony Brown uh, approached me uh, last year when I did a show there. And by the way, we're going to do a show there coming up January 25th. 2020 and uh it will be the debut of the heavy metal hippie double ipa brew uh right now the brew is actually brewing this process has been a learning experience for me um i'm going to be going over there today to dump the new dry hops in there uh cascade is the hops we're choosing uh to put in there today and uh this has been a lot of fun i've been learning so much about how beer is made and how yeast turns into alcohol and uh, I'm going to carry the Tascam digital recorder over to the brewery today along with my video camera and get a lot of footage to share with you guys on the next uh, upcoming episodes of Far Out. Far Out. <laughs> All right. You may have noticed I've got a guitar in my hand. Uh, I will be interviewing a lot of musicians and talking about music. But the theme of the Far Out podcast is to talk about other stuff outside the box. Some challenges, some uh, adventures, some experiments and different things. And uh, we're going to get back to talking to Jesse James Dupree here in a second. Uh, he's going to talk more about making beer, making whiskey and rocking and rolling and basically just surviving the storm. So I went to these guys and we developed this recipe and we started making the beer. Well, then I, I was uh, producing the Full Throttle Saloon TV show. Right. And I was executive producing the show. And I wasn't, if you go back and look, I wasn't really in the first season. It wasn't until the second season that I started inserting myself in because I didn't want to have to, the, the network was pressuring me to want to script the show. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to script the show. I just wanted to be able to, you know, the only way that I could guarantee them that we would get content is if I needed to go in and stir some shit up, you know? Yeah. So, so I started inserting myself into the show. And that, it, that's it, like one of the first reality shows yeah, keeping it real and yeah just yeah. to want to keep it real yeah. and so so i started to insert myself into that but one of the things that i did too was i talked to michael ballard my partner up there to bring in the jesse james beer okay you know and um and so i, I just had acquired distribution up there to be able to, to pull it out but i uh, i didn't have any way to get up there and hurry so i i had the, the jackal row crew don and and the guys that work on the crew i called them i said when you come from atlanta to sturges i said well let's get a bigger truck than what we need because when you come through uh, Kansas City, I'm gonna lo they're gonna load you down with some beer. Uh -huh. So they went by, they went by and loaded that whole damn truck full, and they bootlegged it up to, up to all the way, and they made it all the way to South Dakota. That's cool. Like within ten miles of with a full throttle, and they had to go through a way station. Oh shit! Yeah, they had to go through a way station, and when they did. They got called in, and what I, what they didn't know, and what I didn't realize, was when the truck stops on the scales, if there's liquid in the truck, it sways. Oh, I so they, so they knew, yeah, so they made them open it up. So Don calls me and says, "You need to get down here because I'm not going to prison for you." You know, and, yeah, yeah. And so I ended up getting on the phone and talking to the guy, and I said, "Man, I said, I, you know, I and I was trying to." just play it down, you know, and I, I just trying to get it here for the rally and stuff. And luckily the guy was a fan. And he goes, Jesse, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna turn my head on this, 
but you got to come and get this shit off this truck and put it in small trucks. Okay. Like pickup trucks and just get it out of here so I can, I don't know nothing about it crossing my scales. Right now, I hadn't crossed them. It's just sitting here. Oh, gotcha. And he said, so you come and get, and so we took about 10 pickup trucks down there and unloaded it and got it to the, to, but it was so, anyway, so, cool so, so, the, so then after I featured it on the TV show, every distributor in the country was calling wanting the Jesse James beer. Everybody was, all the distributors. Well, the, as I shared with you earlier, my, the brewery could only do 600 cases at a pop. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So... I was in, 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 trying to figure it out, and so I was going to go to uh, Wisconsin, where they do a lot of beer production, and find somebody up there that okay. could maybe do big batch stuff for me, right? And uh, but in the meantime, in the meantime, I was getting people calling me up saying, "Man, I drank one of your beers and I couldn't even walk out of the bar." And this is a big lesson for you to learn because okay. I didn't know this. Okay. He goes, "I drank one of your beers and I couldn't even walk out of the bar. I was so drunk." And I thought, well, that's good. I just kind of, I thought, you know, that's great. Yeah, you thought that's, that was great. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. So then I started hearing other people say that, and I still didn't think nothing about it. Then I started getting phone calls saying, I had a damn six-pack of your beer, and it, and it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what had happened was, was I didn't know it, but that little brewery, they weren't uh, pasteurizing it. Oh, so it, if you don't pasteurize the beer, lesson for you to learn. If okay. you don't pasteurize it, it keeps fermenting in the bottles. So the alcohol gets strong, and finally it'll just damn explode. Oh, yeah. Okay. So And I went to them, and I said, you didn't tell me nothing about that. And they said, well, we figured it was just going to sell quick, and we didn't have to worry about it. And I was going, God, I could have gotten so much trouble. So anyway, um, so they started. we did a couple of batches with them pasteurizing it and stuff. But then the more I got into make it, looking at making the investment on the on the beer side of things, I realized that the craft beer train had left the station. And so... Um, I, I, I had a buddy, a distributor buddy of mine that said, um, I, I know a guy sitting on $5 million worth of bourbon, you know, and so then oh. I ended up striking the relationship with those guys. So, oh, okay. So, so that's how that all That's how up. you switched it, over yeah, to yeah, bourbon that's whiskey. Why, that's why I switched, because, again, the craft beer train had had really exploded at that point. Now the craft beer thing has settled down to just the survivors mm-hmm. and to people that are doing really great stuff. I mean, because it got oversaturated really quick in the beginning Yeah. for um, you know, for people that were just jumping on the craft beer wagon, but now it's down to you know, it's weeded out to the people that are just doing really great stuff. Yeah, Jesse's right. You know, the craft beer market has really boomed a lot and probably seen its course. But up here in Northern California, Out of Bounds Brewing Company makes a very special beer that I'm very proud to be a part of. And uh, the learning process of making beer has really been fascinating to me. Uh, I plan on sharing more of that information with you. But we are talking about also making a lager, which is a whole different process and is a lighter flavored beer. It seems that uh, that at the end of the day, a nice cold lager just really hits the spot. So my experience has been when I'm riding horses with my cowboy friends and we still got a lot of work to do at the end of the day that uh, we'll just, you know, drink a light beer or, a, or something that's not going to be too strong. And uh, we're going to be working on that with Out of Bounds Brewery as well coming up in the spring. Let's get back to talking to Jesse. Cowboys and the hard workers definitely like the lighter flavored beer for sure. You know, I mean, and, and you get in there and you start learning, as, as I did, I'm sure you're, you're the same way already. You get in, you start learning how much rock and roll it is to be able to do that stuff. You yeah. know, I mean, brew, the, uh, guys that are brewmeisters and, and, and guys that are making whiskey and, the, you know, these, these, these guys that run the distilleries and stuff. You get And even wines. I mean, I, I'm not a wine guy, mm-hmm. but uh, but I, through the distributors and such that I work with on the Jesse James Bourbon, 
um, you know, I was able to go up and visit some of the wineries up in Paso Rubbles. Yeah. Now, you know where Paso Rubbles oh, is? Yeah, it's yeah. south of Napa. Mm -hmm. And technically, that's they've got the better... You know, uh, they got the same latitude as as as, um, as France and such. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. and uh, and the, and the conditions and the way the mountain range sets. So when you get into whether it's beer, wine, liquor, when you get into these guys that are professionals at what they do, it's it's rock and roll. I yeah. mean, it's, it's it's amazing. I'm really looking forward to getting home off this tour because I I've got appointments to go in there and start working on the recipe. Yeah, and you know because I really want to get behind it. Now you mentioned with your whiskey though you stumbled on a situation where we needed someone needed your help to get some stuff sold but I've noticed since then that you've developed your own flavors there's a honey flavor tell me about your whiskey and the different flavors and what you got going on now well thank you we have, we have the honey bourbon which I gotta say it's the best honey bourbon on the market and I'm not just saying that without I'm not just saying it. I'm well, I sampled I, it on that with that St that Stephen Adler show yeah, yeah, we did at yeah. the yeah. Christmas party last right. year, and I I don't remember getting back to the hotel. Yeah, that, was a, that was a fun night. Everybody yeah. was that way. You weren't alone. I, none of us did. It was really good. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, Go no. Ahead. So, so the honey, but the reason I say it's the best out there is because we blind tasted test blind taste tested with in many markets. Uh, the, all these places where we were setting up the mobile full throttle units, I was pulling 10, 12 people back at a time in blind tasting until we were uh, we were beating all the other honey bourbons yeah. and, and so I, I, based on my blind taste test that we did and I mean just I mean I had a guy that the bottle signing yesterday here in Pennsylvania came up and he said man he said everybody I turn on to your honey bourbon stops drinking whatever honey bourbon they're drinking it is really good I'm very proud of it but even if you don't like that honey bourbon and you like something else, just the fact that that people are, are, are experimenting and playing with brown liquors because that's rock and roll too you know I, I love the Jesse James bourbon we have the spice bourbon which is more like a Captain Morgan on steroids I said it'll make okay. Captain Morgan fall to his knees and for forgiveness it's, right. a, it's got it's got a little more punch to it but it's really great and then I have the Jesse James single barrel Tennessee whiskey which we put out in limited quantities last year and um, the barrel house in uh, Trimble Tennessee little town of about 650 people that uh, was about to go bankrupt the town was mm -hmm. and uh, they were going to go bankrupt and um, and we went in and put the distillery in and opened up a little barbecue restaurant in the town and now the town didn't file to be bankrupt and they bought them a new police car and building a new volunteer fire department so we're proud of that but um, that's but, cool. but, but we make a, the, the the barrel house sets about 15 foot from the railroad tracks so five times a day when the trains come through they shake the barrels so, oh. so uh, the Jesse James Tennessee whiskey is locomotive agitated, and people say, well, what does that taste like? And I said, well, it tastes just like a damn Johnny Cash song. <laughs> and you're wearing your Johnny Cash shirt. So that's yeah. the and, uh, But, it, but it, it, uh, it's really good. Um, it, it's, uh, you, you'll taste It's got a really even uh, 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 balance of the sugars in the wood because, you know, the, the whiskey goes through the different temperatures and the different, you know, the storage methods that you use and the, the trains vibrating and such. The, the juice from the whiskey, which is just moonshine, basically. That's what bourbon is, moonshine. Mm that's put in a charred oak barrel and then it goes in and out of the charcoal into the wood and back and, uh, and, and so you get the natural sugars from the oak wood you get the charcoal and then you get that western Tennessee corn we use a local western Tennessee corn so it's, it's really top shelf uh, Tennessee whiskey and if you can find it so it's got the blue label on it so you find the Jesse James single barrel Tennessee whiskey definitely grab you a bottle of okay that. and where can we find that well you, we're all over the country I and mean, we just this year opened up pretty much nationwide uh, that doesn't mean that it's made it out to every single store yet but uh, but, but we're working on it. We've got. Uh, we're in California now. We're. Uh, we're actually one of the sponsors of Sammy Hagar's High Tide Festival that's coming up here in a week or so. All right. And uh, yeah, yeah. The Jesse James Bourbon will be prominently, you know, on sale and displayed there, and we'll be doing samples and such. But we're. We're all specs in Texas. Uh, Festival Foods up in Wisconsin. Uh, Price Choppers in Kansas City. Constantino stores in Missouri. Uh, Dirt Cheap Music in St. Louis. I mean, we're. I mean, we got great re 
retail partners all over the country. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much, Jesse, for this interview. I still have a lot of this interview left. I think I'm going to save it for another podcast because it's just really cool learning and listening to all the stories. How cool is that, that Jesse's whiskey is sitting in the barrels next to a train track and uh, it gets stirred up every time the train goes by? That's pretty cool, man. So anyway, we'll be right back on the Far Out podcast. I'm going to interview Jeff Worley, Jackal's guitar player, about his artwork. And I've got a special guest surprise from the road crew. So stay tuned. You're listening to Far Out with me, Frank Hannon, your host. Brought to you by Bizarre Guitars in Reno, Nevada since 1974, finding the best vintage guitars in the world. And Out of Bounds Brewing Company, making the heavy metal hippie double IPA. All right, I'd like to send a shout out to my bro, Greg Golden. He's got the Greg Golden Band, and he is the owner of Bizarre Guitars in Reno, Nevada. When I was a kid, I used to go to Reno to play shows with our band City Kid, long before Tesla, and I would uh, try to get a ride, get one of the older guys to give me a ride over, because I, I didn't even have a driver's license yet. I was like 15 years old. And uh, anyway, go over to bizarre guitar and and drool over all the killer gibsons and fenders and jacksons and charvels and everything i mean this was like 1981 back in the day and uh greg's been in business since 1974 he's got the vault downstairs uh killer guitar museum uh he's got a little uh display of guitars that I've played over the years and he's just got some great stuff so if you're a guitarist or you're a fan of music be sure and visit Greg at Bizarre Guitars Reno Nevada all right now speaking of guitarists we're gonna shift gears uh, and talk to Jackal's guitarist Jeff Worley Jeff is a rock and roller man and I would have never known that he was such a passionate artist welcome back to far out I'm Frank Hannon on tour right now doing a show with Jackal you heard my interview with Jesse James Dupree now the one and only Jeff Worley getting out of the shower butt-ass naked I'm naked in front of Frank Hannon my guitar hero so now now we can really have a contest so, I, you know, the, the premise of Far Out is us musicians doing stuff outside of what we do normally, which is rocking out. And Jeff is a killer artist. Jeff, I was checking out your artwork, man. I love the boots in your artwork, yes. bro. That's the one thing I can do. It's only from the waist down. I don't paint above the waist, so that's what you get. But honestly, man, your artwork is really cool. Now, what kind of, is it acrylics, or what are you painting with? Just whatever I have, I go by. The, the, the paint's not the object. It's just what comes out of my head, and it's funny stuff, you know. I'm the lifetime optimist, so my paintings are all happy, and, and I just have fun with it. And whatever comes out of my head, for some reason, I'm extremely in, in, enthralled with the waist down of humankind. Yeah. And yeah. animal, okay? Yeah, I saw a horse in one of your paintings hmm. there. I'm going to give that to you. What? Yes. 
All right. I never know who it could be for. Now I just thought, I just got it. Now it's yours. You just I'm gonna give it to you. Put it in the closet. It hangs great in the closet. Oh no! You don't way, want man. the guests be... to see it. I... <laughs> you don't want anybody to see it, but it's in the closet. But that you know the horse is you, man. Hey Jeff, I'd be honored to hang it on my wall right Coming in my to you. room. So anyway, tell everybody uh, where they can find your artwork. Uh, WhirlyThePirate.com, Jackal.com, Jackal Facebook. It'll all get you to Whirly the Pirate, and there's my artwork and uh, shirts and. Um, I do guitars. I actually, I would take this beautiful guitar you got and turn it into a real piece of shit for a lot of money if you want me to. Sometime. Oh, you know, it needs some. Uh, I could, real, it needs I some could real screw it up for you, and I wouldn't charge you. I charge you just the artist price. Well, I'm gonna make sure and give you my number. <laughs> I know Tesla's probably going on stage wondering where hey, the hell back I am. You're here with me, and I got a towel wrapped around me. Okay. I gotta go. You're listening to Far Out with Frank Hannon. Yeah, Far Out. <laughs> Oh, what a great guy, man. I love Jeff Worley. I love Jesse James Dupree. I love Roman. I love Chris. I love everybody in the Jackal crew. I want to thank them. I got a very special guest coming up. The stage manager for Jackal, Mr. Randy Crowder, is coming up to tell us what he does to get far out. This is Frank Hannon on the Far Out Podcast, and you just heard me talking to Jesse James Dupree of Jackal, and as a bonus track, going along with the Far Out theme of guys that do stuff outside of what they do. Somebody's stealing our bug. I'm talking to the crew master himself, Mr. Randy Crowder, and he also has a band and some other things, and he's been with Jackal for many years. Randy, how you doing, man? I'm good, Frankie. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. It's great to be here in uh, Pennsylvania is where we are today. So I was talking to you about my new podcast and how it's about guys who do stuff outside the box. Now, you're a road dog. You've been on the road for many years. How long have you been with Jackal? I've been with Jackal since 1995, so 24 years. And you are probably one of the hardest working crew guys I've ever seen. Yeah, me and uh, James Brown, hardest working man in, in, in the music business. Now, you guys hold the world record for uh, setting the band up and going on the road. And so yeah. tell me about that a little bit. So in uh, 1998, we did 100 shows in 50 days in 28 states. That's amazing. But now, going along with the far out theme of this, what else do you do besides be a road dog? Ah, well, I got a little band. I play in the winter when we're not touring. Wretched, R-E-C-H-E-D. So if you get a chance to see us, it's rare because we're always working with Jackal. So we play in the winter around Chattanooga, Tennessee. Come check us out. All right, check out my friend Randy Crowder and his band Wretched. And uh, Randy, it's always a pleasure, man. Love you, buddy. Love you too, brother. Y'all rock out out there. Sounds like the show's getting started. Kix is hitting the stage. It's Kix, Jackal, and Tesla tonight at the Yorktown, York, Pennsylvania State Fair. We're going to kick some ass. Okay, that about does it for episode one. What'd you think? 
That was the maiden voyage. That was the first time I've ever done this. The Far Out Podcast with me, Frank Hannon, your host. Uh, if you liked what you heard and you had a good time listening to all these stories about making beer and whiskey and rock and rolling and everything else, be sure to let all your friends know. Visit my Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, www.frankhannon.com. Visit teslatheband.com. It's going to be a very busy year, wrapping up the holidays here. And I just want to say thank you to all the fans for supporting me and Tesla. There's going to be more news and more podcasts coming up. Keep on rocking and keep on trying new things and have a great time signing off now. Love you. This is Frank Hannon on the Far Out Podcast. You have been listening to Far Out. From Northern California, brought to you by Bizarre Guitars, Reno, Nevada, and Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Be sure to tune in to more podcasts by Frank Hannon. 